Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's going on, y'all? It's your host, Will Cooper, coming back for another episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast. On today's new episode, we are going to be having on guest Tim Kent to talk about mental fortitude, mental strength, and physical strength. And specifically, I want to talk about these things because I feel like all three of these are so overlooked by so many men and women out there. And I specifically want to get Tim on here to talk about this because this man runs like crazy. Like I'm talking like Cam Haynes type level. If you don't follow him on Instagram already, go give him a follow because I feel like every day I look at this guy's story, he's putting on seven, eight, nine, ten miles running and just running like a madman. And so I want to talk to him about how he finds that that strength to push through because at the end of the day, he understands that those things are going to make him a better man a better hunter, a better husband, and a better father. So we're going to really dive into that. We'll go down a couple rabbit holes, but we're going to get Tim on here to talk about all those things, and hopefully y'all be able to take something from that and be able to apply it to you and your life. And you know, if you're going through some struggles yourself and you're trying to find a way to push through and get out of those struggles, take a listen to today's podcast. And y'all, we just want to thank y'all for tuning into the HuntStand Podcast. All the support that we've gotten from everybody so far has been amazing. If you've got ideas for podcasts, or you've got questions for us, or you think that there's a topic out there we need to talk about, send me an email. That's just podcast at HuntStand.com. That way, I make sure your voice is heard, because a lot of times we get questions and things that they fall through the cracks on social media in the comment section. It's inevitable. So y'all, make sure that you hit us up through email. That way I know your voice is heard. And again, if y'all can, go on over, rate, review, subscribe, follow on whatever listening platform you're on right now. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So again, y'all just want to thank you for the support, tuning into the Hunt Stand podcast, and we hope you enjoy. Well, Tim, man, first and foremost, thanks for coming on the Hunt Stand podcast. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and just talking with us, man. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to be here. I always love doing these things and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really flattered by uh, being asked to be a guest, but I'm also really impressed with how much you've done to grow the podcast in such a short period of time. You've done a great job, Will. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I enjoy doing it and getting to learn about people. So to get that into motion, you've listened to the podcast. I like to get the 30-foot tree stand view of who the guest is whenever we get this thing rolling. So tell us who Tim Kent is. Oh, man. Well... I'm nobody, but uh, been involved in the, the hunting industry for a long time. Uh, sort of cut my teeth in retail, like a lot of folks. I was mm-hmm. I was one of those folks, like many of your other guests. You know, I had a a dad who was an outdoorsman, hardcore fisherman, hardcore bow hunter. Um, just he just really loved the outdoors and really loved hunting. Uh, as he's aged, he slowed down a bit, and it's more me dragging him out than him dragging me out anymore. But um, you know, he really, he really got me introduced to things and I picked up his passion for it and his dedication to it. I mean, my dad was one of those rain, sleet, snow, shine kind of guys. There was nothing stopping him from going trout fishing or going deer hunting, no matter what the season. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you know, I ran, I ran cross country in high school and I was telling someone the other day, my dad would show up to our Saturday invitationals dressed in full camo, you know, he'd hang out for a few hours and be like, okay, got a jet, you know, got to get out for the afternoon sit, you know, and sometimes he'd grab me and we would go and sometimes he'd just go on his own, you know, after I was done racing or whatever. And, um, you know, he was just, he just, he never, he never missed a beat and that, I absorbed all of that. And so, so much so that when it came time for deciding a career path, uh, you know, I had some things that I wanted to do and some passions and I, I really wanted to figure out a way to marry those. And initially my, my career path and what I wanted to do was photography and everything else. And then I got a little deeper into that while I was in college and realized that that was going to be, be a challenge. So I started exploring, um, you know, a communications degree and other aspects of marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to take those skills after I graduated from school and merge them all together and uh, find, you know, the beginnings of a career and then eventually evolve that into positions within the hunting industry. And primarily I've worked in the archery industry, the majority of my career, and it's been a great spot and having such a high level of passion for it, it made it really easy. And um, I just, didn't know anything else that I really wanted to do. It's just yeah. like, this is, it. this is all I want to do. And I'm going to keep pressing hard. My wife and I were joking the other night with our girls. When I, when I first was getting going, it was hard, you know, and I was making no money and working a lot. My wife would come home and be like, you didn't make dinner, you know, classic early relationships. <laughs> we weren't married then, you know, we were just, uh, we were just guessed you didn't vacuum. And I was like, no, I was working on, you know, whatever. And I wasn't making any money, you know? So, you know, there's nothing going into the bank account. It's like, well, what do you mean you were working? You know, like you're not getting paid. You're like, go get a job. Or if you're not going to have a job, you better vacuum, you know? And, um, like she just didn't see that I was cultivating a business at the time. And I was, I was following my passion and that eventually, you know, those two things would knife edge in on one another. And, you know, for a lot of people, they don't, but you know, I was one of those people where that wasn't an option. It was, I'm going to do this or, or I don't know what I'm going to do. It was just a very singular focus for me. And, and I was fortunate that everything sort of clicked and I, I met the right people who helped me get introduced to more right people. And it just sort of manifested in something bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's been one heck of a ride for, you know, pretty considerable amount of time at this point. Man, that is, I want to pretty much what you just said right there is I get asked a lot from people. In fact, I just got a text from a guy yesterday. I'd never met before that somebody gave him my contact info. He's like, I went to school to do this. I want to work in the hunting industry. I'm like, well, let me tell you, man, there's a lot of work, a lot of hours and a lot of people you need to meet before that happens. So yeah, dude, like you just basically explained how to get in the outdoor industry. Is it just, it takes time, time and dedication yeah, for sure. And, and you got to be patient, but I think that's the case with, with anything that we really have any level of passion about mm-hmm. how, you know, it's just, you, you don't like if we're talking about hunting specifically, it's not like you just, some folks get lucky, yeah. but it's not like you walk out on the first day of the season and you shoot a 160 inch buck and it just, you know, just goes like that all the time again like yeah can it happen of course but generally speaking it takes a considerable amount of preparation time maybe even years before that happens i mean some people have never killed a 160 inch deer some people have never killed a 140 a 120 mm-hmm. or whatever you know but aspirationally they keep working toward it and for me you know that's just one of those things is just uh i just i, I just like working toward a goal and um, when I don't, when I don't have a goal, I can definitely get adrift. I just think that's human nature. And, um, you know, fortunately for all this, I've just always had goals. And I'm also one of those people who always thinks they suck at everything that they do. So I, I continue to try and it, at least if I, if I'm going to suck at it, I'll do more that I suck at. So, yeah. well, that's what I do. If I suck at something as much as I don't want to do it, especially when it comes to the gym. Might be good at bench press. I hate squats, so guess what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be squatting. So every Legs every day, man. <laughs> leg day every day, baby. I don't, there are no chicken legs yeah. around this house. So yeah. 
one of the this is kind of the perfect segue because I want to take your background and what you do and I really want to kind of let people know and get people to understand like the benefit of being healthy. And I'm not just talking about from a physical perspective, but a mental perspective and what that can do for you. And you kind of touch on it by setting goals, maintaining goals, objectives. And so kind of walk us through, you know, what you've done through your career, your hunting resume, where you've gotten to go hunting and everything, how you've built that, that mental fortitude, mental strength, and obviously physical fitness. I mean, I follow you on IG and it's like you're running 10 miles every day. You're like, Cameron Haynes <laughs> Jr. It's like your Cam Haynes Jr. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Tim, just <laughs> kind of tell us, man, like how you've built yourself going through kind of that that mental strength and physical strength, obviously. So kind of start us off. Um, well, I'm human, right? So I don't have it all the time, but a lot of it for me is just finding inspiration in some other folks. Uh I'm one of those people who has always needed to sort of be active. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as I touched on earlier, I was a high school cross country runner and that was my thing. And it was a really good, it was really good outlet for me. And it helped, it helped me. I was never a great student. Uh, never just did well in the classroom. Just, I didn't see the application of school. And that's one of those things sort of back to the focus thing. I I feel like in order for me to learn something, I need to know how I'm going to apply it. And I didn't have that that goal or that focus when I was in school, all I just, my only goal was to just get done. Right. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to graduate and then I'm going to go to college. But when I was in college, I could actually see the clearer picture. But as it comes to the physical side, I was just, when I was a little kid, you know, just always out riding bikes and running around the neighborhood and playing with my neighbors and, and doing that stuff. And then through grade school and high school, just, just running, I mean, running, running, running was my thing. And first year of college ran a bit and then I got burned out on it. And so I started, I still needed that outlet. And so I started, you know, strength training and doing what, whatever else I had a roommate who was really into strength training and he taught me everything and he was really strict and had learned from some bodybuilder guys. So he was, he was great about teaching form and everything else. So I had a, I had a really good instructor in this guy, Scott. And so that carried with me until I started running again. And, I, and my journey back into running came by way of, of Cameron Haynes, actually having touched on him earlier, mm-hmm. you, you did. And, you know, I, I watched, he did a video on the Bighorn 100. It was a race that he had done and just the suffering that he endured <laughs> through that race. And I was like, and then he, he talked about the belt buckle that he had earned. And I was like, you get a belt buckle for running an ultra. That sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, like, like the teeniest little stupid prize, right? Like, I'm going to go beat the shit out of myself for 24 hours <laughs> or more to get a belt buckle. It makes, it makes no sense. But, but like that guy has inspired so many people. And, and as a result of that, I was like, I'm going to start running again. And, and so, so I did. And a lot of people, say after I post a run or something, they're like, Oh, how do you run X amount of miles? And I, and I always kind of chuckle. I'm like, Oh, just put one foot in front of the other. And, but when I came back to it, even after being a pretty talented cross country runner in high school, now my dog's going, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll put this on the podcast, man. So I have a German short hair pointer and that's a hound and she's, she's howling back at the fire siren. Oh no. She does it every day. Sorry. I was hoping we'd get through without it. That was perfect, man. I have to, it's going to have to, but anyway, back to the cross country running when you got back to it, one foot in front of the other. You want to start again? No, let's roll through it, man. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, anyway, so. So when I first started running again, I couldn't, I couldn't run a quarter mile, you know? And so it just, it was one of those things I had to build back into it. Yeah. You would think, oh, well, I, I did this, whatever, five, six, seven, eight years ago, I should be able to just pick it up. I have this natural talent and, and you do to a certain extent, but I weighed like 140 pounds in high school. And you know, when you, when you, 
weigh 180 pounds or more when you start, or, you know, at that point, I think I weighed even more when you start running again. Um, it's, you're not moving around the same mass. You're no. not, you know what I mean? Your, your, your efficiency is totally different. Your it body is out more. of, out of shape. it totally hurts more. I mean, I, I had, you know, shin splints and my hips hurt and, you know, my knees bothered me and, but I wasn't going to let that stop me. I, I wanted to get back into it and, um, you know, and I, and I wanted to maybe eventually earn a belt buckle, <laughs> but part of the driving force for getting back into running too was I had started elk hunting, um, a few years before that, or right around that time mm -hmm. and just getting into the mountains. And, and as much as I did my best to sort of get in shape quickly for each season, I was just realizing like it wasn't enough. I needed to be more consistent. I needed to have a bigger base underneath me. And um, I needed to have sort of goals to look forward to in order to achieve that on a consistent basis. Yeah. And so I started, I started racing a little bit and would put, would put races strategically on my calendar through times that I would traditionally fall off with my training, mostly during hunting season, mm -hmm. which it's hard to sacrifice Saturday during hunting season in order to go run a race. But I knew that from the long-term perspective, if I did that, that I would be more prepared for the next, the next fall's hunt. Cause I would carry myself through and, you know, so I would do one in October, another one in December, another one in February or March, and then roll into the, and you know, I wouldn't be at the peak of my fitness during those traditional, what I'll refer to as winter months, but no. at least I was staying active and making it happen. And then all the while still strength training. And then it got to the point as I matured a little bit more as a runner, I, I sort of found ways to make it so the two things work together and weren't sort of in opposition, if you will. Like I would do things to help running. I would not do things in the gym um, certain days to not sabotage like a long run, let's say. Yeah. But, you know, I strategically put days together or not put days together. And, and after a while, I built, I had built so much of a base up that it was just like, I can almost do whatever I want, whenever I want. And, uh, but, but not always, you know, you, you still do a brutal squat, squat workout and it's going to get you a few days later if you try and do a long run. So oh, yeah. I, I tried, but I just needed to maintain that activity to keep my brain and my body all kind of in alignment. And, um, you know, it's really worked, it's really worked well for me. And, um, and I love it. You know, it's just a huge component of my life. I'm a huge advocate of fitness and it's, it's also made it so I, you know, it's easier to hang tree stands. It's, it's easier to, you know, go and do, walk further to a spot. It's, you know, it's easier to control my adrenaline sometimes, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, um, you know, it just makes it so I don't get cold as often when I'm sitting in a tree stand and all that to me has been other ancillary additional benefits. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, obviously I think a lot of people understand the benefits that being physically fit brings to the table. And when you start working out more and you start doing more like that and you're putting your body into a better place, there are some things that tend to fall in line from a mental strength perspective or mental fortitude perspective, you know, like I want to, I, I want to touch on this with you. Like, when you when it when you took the time and the determination to start running again and get back to it essentially like you're trying to get back to an, an older or younger version of yourself and you're having to push harder and you're having to get rid of these limits that you set on yourself you know after you're talking about going from being 145 to 185 and so talk to us about what that did from did for you in a mental perspective, the positive impact it had on you? Oh gosh, just, I relate a lot of things back to running. So right now I am right now is a great time to actually be talking about this. Mm -hmm. uh, I injured my ankle on May 12th, yep. like pretty catastrophic injury. Like I have an, I have a, an appointment with an orthopedic surgeon next Wednesday. To oh, wait, see. are you telling me we're not going antelope hunting? No, 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 we're going <laughs> antelope hunting. I might be in a if we draw, 
Yeah, if we draw, right. Um, and so, you know, it's it's whatever, six or seven weeks at this point, and um, it just hasn't been healing. And I've been doing like like rehab exercises on my own that I that I know because I have another rebuilt ankle, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to come to that. I don't think I broke it. I think I just gave myself a good sprain, but I need somebody to validate that for me. And I probably should have done it a day or two after I injured it, but I, I've just done this before, and and I and I thought I was smart enough, which I'm not to be like, to self-diagnose, <laughs> like, I think it'll be okay. I'll just ice and elevate and take Advil and, and whatever. And then a week after that, I got COVID. And so, and that was another thing that held me back from going and seeing a doctor was I had to get, I had to get through that. And that, the COVID really wiped me out for about a, I shouldn't say it really, it really wiped me out for like three days, hmm. but I had lingering effects for like 11 or 12 days. Yeah. And when I went back to training, um, I, I did my first run after like five days of the initial positive test. And I was like, holy cow, that sucked. And I ran three miles. And then a couple days ra- later, I ran five miles and it felt like I ran 20. And I was, I mean, it just took everything I had to run five at a, at a slower pace. And so um, the thing that I've been reminding myself through that, this whole process as I'm sort of recovering, because I, I would say right now, I would say I'm physically injured and a little bit mentally injured and, you know, as a result of COVID and the, and the ankle and like, I just can't, I'm like 30% less capacity than what I, what I could normally do, if you will. Yeah. And I just reminding myself like, okay, it's just going to take a little time. You're going to bounce back. You're going to bounce back. You're going to get bounced back. You just gotta, you just gotta get past these things. And my, body's not going to forget 20 years or whatever of doing this stuff. You know, it's not going to forget 20 years of strength training and my, my bench press is not going to drop 30% or my, you know, my mileage capacity is not going to drop. Like once things clear out, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to be able to jump back into doing true long runs and whatever else. So to more directly answer your question about the mental side of things, that's exactly that is instead of having like a defeatist mentality about it, I know that I'm going to recover and I know that I'm going to be able to do a 20 mile run again and, or 22 mile or whatever, or run an ultra or do any of those things because I, I have that base both of physical fitness, but of mental confidence that, you know, the sun's going to come back up tomorrow and, you know, we'll be able to do this again, albeit it might be slower and it might take a little bit of time, but I've been able to take that and sort of apply it to a lot of other things in my life, whether it comes to like our businesses and that type of thing, like the, the, the physical stimulation side gives me more confidence to know that I can get, you know, other things accomplished in business or, or challenges in, in business. Like I can take a step back and realize, okay, this is just a speed bump we'll get through it, you yeah. know, and, and whatever else. And to me, there's an enormous amount of value in that. And un- unfortunately, I think as a culture, we tend to give up on things. Uh, it's like the, the people that really know how to press and push tend to really know how to press and push and always continue to do that. And then it's sort of binary. There's, there's almost like a, not much of a gray area. And then there's the people that they run into an obstacle and there's like, Oh, I can't do it. And I just, uh, I just can't do that. You know, that's just not how I'm hardwired. And, you know, I have this friend, Michelle, and um, there was a running podcast that is done by a local guy here. It's a great podcast. And, yeah. and uh, we, I did an interview for it and she had talked to that. She's really good friends with this guy who's the host. And she had talked to him beforehand. And he's like, I don't really know Tim Kent. What's one of the things that, that you could tell me about, about him. And, and she's like, well, if Tim tells you you're, you're going out for a 20 mile run, She's like, you're going out for a 20 mile run. She's like, it's not 19. It's not 16. It's 20. She's like, he will, he will eke out 20. (laughs) She's like, and if it's 16, it's 16. If it's eight, it's eight. She's like, you know, like he, he just, like, that's what it is. And that to he, so he asked me about that as we were recording and I said, you know, Hey man, like if you're in the middle of an ultra and it's, 
you know, it's a, a, like, let's say it's a 50 K mm-hmm. it's still 31 miles. If I feel like garbage at 26, I still got five to go. Cause stopping is not an option. <laughs> you know, I might have to walk or I might have to fuel or I might have to do whatever, but, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. I've never dropped out of a race, um, ever, you know, as much as it has sucked or I want, or, you know, barfing or, you know, cramping or anything. It's just, okay, got to take a step back, find a solution. You know, and from a hunting perspective, it's strange because there's been times like, especially out West where I need to like take a step back and recaptivate that. Cause there was a lot of times, like you get into those last two days of a hunt, like let's say an elk hunt. Yeah. Like it's not coming together. I'm just going to give up. Well, your chances are just as good on the last hour as they were on the first hour. So, you know, you got to press through and that's, it's one of those things I've, I've been trying to learn how to remind myself because I still will find myself in that defeatist <laughs> theory every once in a while. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Hey there, pal. You know, eat it out, go to the very end, you know? Yeah. I mean, essentially what you're saying is, you know, yes, mental strength, you hear that term all the time, but doing this to your body and, and putting yourself basically in uncomfortable situations and working out and getting physically fit it actually helps reshape your brain is kind of what I'm taking from this. Yeah. And I, it's funny cause I don't fancy myself as being mentally strong. I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I was in the gym this morning and, and I felt like I failed at something and you know, maybe it's my personality or how I was raised or, or whatever, but like, I just, I look at other people and I'm like, wow, that guy is just, so tough. He's got so much grit or whatever. And, and I look at myself, I'm like, man, I, I just, I don't know. But, but may, and maybe that's a part of it is that I, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm mentally strong. So I have to do the work, you know, and, and I hear other people talk about that. You know, we, we could name drop a whole bunch of different guys who are kind of what I would refer to as leaders in those capacities or, 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 influencers or thought leaders or whatever. And yeah. I hear a lot of them say like, I don't have talent. I don't have strength more than other people. I wasn't naturally gifted. I, I just, I just go and, and I, and I work and, uh, you know, that's, there's a lot to be said for that. And there's a lot to be said for the consistency. And, uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, my one hunting partner will tell you like, I've been the failure mode on, on several hunts where it's like, okay, dude, we're at day, whatever I'm done, you know, and I'll let him hunt through the end. And, you know, maybe I just needed a mental break or something, but, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's, again, it's just one of those things that I'm, I'm working on. Cause I'm, I'm not as, I'm not super tough. Uh, I'm, I'm a work in process. We're going to interrupt this podcast real quick, y'all, from a word from our sponsors. The Hunt Stand Podcast is brought to you by Browning, makers of fine firearms, gear, and technical clothing. Best there is. Up next, we got Federal Premium and their lineup of Terminal Ascent. Go beyond what you ever thought possible with Federal Premium Terminal Ascent. And finally, WorkSharp Tools. Sharpen every knife you own. All right, y'all, we're going to get back to this episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast. Man, you're tougher than me. I mean, I'll tell you right now, like, I, you know, you and I kind of have the same story. We've got the same background. I went to college and I ran track. Now I was a sprinter. That's where I was different than you, but I hate running, man. Like I absolutely freaking hate it. And so like just seeing you go out there and do that, like the miles that you're putting in, I'm like, damn, if Tim can do that, I can do this. I can do it. But then like I get a mile in, I'm like, I am freaking tired and hurting. Yeah. But that, I mean. I think that's the back to my thing about people that inspire you. It's like, we can all learn from each other and you know, like you're inspiring somebody else probably like they're probably watching your journey and going, man, Will's, Will's running. And I, I always thought Will was a beast in the gym or, you know, he was a great sprinter, but now I see him doing this other stuff. And it's funny cause you never know who those people are too, or even like how impressed they might be with, what might seem like a small accomplishment to you, but is like an enormous accomplishment to them. And they, you know, they look at it and they, and they, they hold on to that. And they think to themselves, like, I want to accomplish something because of that. I mean, that's truly the definition of it, of, um, you know, the inspiration. Right. And, yeah. uh, 
you know, it's just, you just never know. And for me, like my personal mission statement is always to make myself better so I can help other people get better. I mean, it runs through and through in everything I do, whether it's the fitness side of things or the business side of things or hunting or whatever, like I'm always trying to learn, even if I'm doing it the long way around, <laughs> um, just always trying to improve and, and find a way to, you know, help somebody else improve. Cause I feel like that's my, my meaning, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the thing that makes, I don't know, makes me feel good about who I am and what what my contribution to whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but there's, but there's so many people that have inspired me in that regard. I mean, just so many, the list is so long and, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that those people like shared their things. Like, you know, we could talk about social media, right? I was definitely an early adopter on social, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that misuse and abuse it. But man, what an excellent tool when when used properly yes. to help other people and spread messages and and just like, you know, and, and sometimes there's confusion like, oh, so-and-so is a narcissist or, you, you know, they have this this self-centered view. And there are people like that. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. Some people just really honestly are on there because they they want to help other people just accomplish more or do more. They want to teach like this little this I think it's five minute crafts or whatever on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like what a cool thing for anybody, like whether it's kids or adults or whatever. Like somebody just mustered up the guts one day is like, oh, this probably seems really stupid and a lot of people are going to hate it. But there's going to be a whole segment of people that that are like inspired by this or will learn something and I'm just going to keep doing it. And I, I think that that part of social is amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's got some really good power, but then it's got some dark sides to it, but. Oh, for sure. So when it comes to all this working out that you're doing, you know, we're, we've talked about how it kind of helps. Um, I'll go back to reshaping your brain. You know, you're, you're putting your body through all these different things and you're pushing through and you're inspired by others. How have you seen your mood change? Do you see yourself getting less stressed? Are you sleeping better? You know, how, what other aspects of your life has just been physically, just healthy from a mental and physical perspective? Like, what have you seen it do for you? Yeah. I mean, I totally sleep better. I mean, that's one of the, one of the biggest benefits overall that I have found. Um, unless I start overtraining, then it negatively impacts my sleep. Or if I'm really sore, I find myself just not having the ability to get comfortable. Yeah. But, but that doesn't happen super, super often. But, um, but, but yeah, sleep is a, is one huge thing. And then just the ability, the ability to handle stress or find an outlet for that stress. A lot of times if I'm, if I'm hung up on a project or if I, I need an idea or I really need to think about something, I'll go run or I'll go to the gym. Cause it's like my form of meditation almost. Yeah. And, um, I never run with music. I, I, I mean, I shouldn't say never. That's what? such a strong word, but I very, very really, yeah, very rarely run with music because that's my time. If I'm training for something specific, I'm really trying to be focused and, you know, doing deliberate practice on what I'm trying to achieve for that particular goal. Um, but otherwise I, I'm really trying to just use that time. Like I said, to center my thoughts and and find a little bit of opportunity to meditate and, and solve problems. So, you know, a lot of times if I have writing to do, whether it's a a press release or an article or a product description or any of that type of stuff. And I, and I hit, hit the wall and get writer's block or whatever. I'll just, I'll go for a run. And my agenda is to solve a problem in my head. And I swear that time that's without distraction and you know, that, that just the, the ability to just focus on like one thing um, really helps me to, to get centered and, and solve that problem. It doesn't always happen, but it is very frequent that I can do that. And, um, and, and so if I didn't have running or, or strength training in my life, 
what would, I don't know what I would do. Would I just be sitting down and slugging down IPAs? Cause I like doing that too. Um, don't but, we all, you know, there's a, there's like a, a point of diminishing return. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. There's like a point of diminishing return there, but when you, when you hit the edge of creativity and then you just hit the edge of being shit based. So, um, <laughs> you know, and, and that's fun too, but like, yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't think I could do that every day. Like, you know, and, and it's, it's going to catch up with me at some point when I'm going to weigh 280 pounds. Right. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of clarity, a lot, you know, my mood is definitely better when I'm training. I mean, I just, I'm just a lot calmer. I, I, I can just think through stuff better. I mean, for some reason, I don't know what it is. I always seem to experience a lot of stress, like in the March timeframe, like late February, early March. And I think it's the transition of the seasons and just the way our, our businesses operate and everything else. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of activity and a lot of things going on then. And man, just to have the outlet of, uh, well, I'm just going to go, you know, go to the gym today and do a, a, a really good hit workout. It's like, Thank goodness, because I'd probably pop if it, <laughs> if I didn't have that. Same, man. Same. So, have you found yourself through all this? I'm trying to. You found yourself being a better man, a better husband, and a better dad. Wouldn't you say that that's a correct statement? Oh, for sure. Why? Why do you think that so many? overlook um what we're talking about i feel like there there's there's some guys in the industry guys and girls there's a lot of people that they see the benefits to this and in my personal opinion just you know over the past few years and going into today there's been a big movement and i mean you've seen it because it's a rise in popularity people are getting in shape they're wanting to go further and deeper in the back country or they're just wanting to be in shape so they can be a better man better husband dad or or a you know, mother, daughter, and wife, you know, that that's just what they're seeing. The benefits are doing that. But then there's some, some out there that I don't think they fully understand like what they could be capable of if they just engulfed themselves in this. Why do you think people are overlooking this? It's probably easy to pass judgment and say, well, they're selfish, right? And they don't, they're just focused on, you know, things that are more instant gratification or whatever. And yeah. I, I really struggle because I don't, I don't want to be judgmental against folks. Um, I, I think that probably the better way to look at it is they, they haven't experienced the benefit or they don't have anything to apply it toward. And so they just don't know the difference. Maybe they're, maybe they're happy with their current existence. Maybe they're happy with how they are as a, you know, as a, a friend, father, you know, daughter, parent, pastor, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe they feel like they're good enough and that's okay. Uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's fine. I just, again, kind of back to the thing about like continuous improvement and deliberate practice. I just, I just want to be a better dad to my kids or be a better friend or be a better husband or be a better bow hunter or be a, you know, better rifle shot. That's one of the things like, you know, I've worked on for the last few years, you know, mm -hmm. not, not having panic there or um you know be a better runner and you know there's there's also i think sometimes you can kind of end up on an island when you're going through stuff and there's a sense of community that comes with some of these things like my our running community locally is awesome i've met some of the very best people through that and uh you know that I've learned from those people how to be a better dad, you know? So even, even by proxy, that the, not even just the, the stuff that happens because you went and did a jog together, but like the conversations that you've had in the process or whatever else, and just seeing how some of those, those dads and moms interact with their kids, um, you know, at a barbecue or something or after a race, like, like, wow, you know, I could react better to this, to this thing than, than I have before, but you have to have that level of objectivity. And, um, I don't, I don't know that maybe those people that aren't working toward it, maybe they just haven't had that epiphanal moment yet, or maybe they never will. And, that, and, and that's, that's their journey to have, uh, 
It's just different than what you or I are going to do and a lot of other folks who have a similar mentality. I got it. I got it. Yeah, and I, I guess, you know, hearing you say these things, it kind of made me think, you know, I should have framed that question a little bit better. Whereas you look at the... You, you look at, let's, you take somebody that they go out west the first time and, or not first time, they've, they've been out a couple times and they don't put in the preparation that's needed. And let's, let's frame it in an archery elk perspective for the, for the sake of this conversation. Well, now we're, now, yeah. Now we're talking, <laughs> now we're talking, right? So let's say, yeah, let's, now, now we can talk some shit about some people. <laughs> Let's say, you know, let's look at that guy that he's been out west no, once or twice and he he heads out and he didn't really do any kind of preparation to get ready for the year. You know, he might have gone and ran like a, a mile or two, like three weeks before he, he before the hunt. You know, he just he didn't he didn't take the preparation that was necessary to be successful and have an enjoyable trip. He gets out there and then it just begins to become this excuse game. Oh, the elk are too far. The elk aren't bugling. Oh, I couldn't go that far. You know, I missed. Or It's just this excuse game. And so when I think back to what you're saying, I was like, man, I should have framed it like that, where it's like, you know, you're looking at the guy that's making every excuse in the book. He's pissed, and he's looking to blame everybody but himself. So knowing that, what would you say to have, or what would you have to say to that guy to encourage him to go this route? Hmm. I hunt, I hunt with a partner all the time, sometimes two partners. And the thing that I've come to discover doing that is if I'm not willing to go deeper and I've been that guy, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, even on relatively recent hunts, um, or oh. you're not willing to spend the same amount of time in the field as your, as your hunting partner or whatever, or you, you don't want to backpack into a spot or you don't have the right equipment or the right fitness or anything else. You're letting that other person down. Yeah. And that person has invested in equipment. They've invested in tags. They've invested time. Uh, on site, like, you know, in, let's say Montana, as an example, you know, they, you know, they took time off of work or, you know, maybe they're self-employed. They're not getting paid that week. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. if you're not prepared, sort of indebted to that, that person's objectives and goals and whatever, then you're, you're letting, you're letting them down. So your preparation is just as much for yourself as it is for them, maybe even more for them. Cause you, you don't, you don't want to let the team down. Right. You know, if you, if you haven't been doing your shooting and you miss, like we, we split our meat when we, when we shoot elk, you know, unless everybody's fortunate enough to get one. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just like if then, then nobody got meat, right. You know, cause it's, it's a tough game. Um, or, <clears throat> you know, like you and I are doing an antelope hunt, hopefully if we draw yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if, if if we if I uh, if I miss and you know we're let's say we're filming, oh, I just let you down. You know what I mean? Because I didn't do my I didn't do my. I mean everybody can miss, but like I didn't do my shooting. Or you know if the if the antelope are far and we got across a really long field and I'm not in shape and whatever else, like you know that we're gonna we're gonna fail as a team. And so I don't I don't like letting people down. Um, I don't like letting myself down, but I, I, I really don't like letting other people down, whether it's financially or, um, you know, knowing, you know, like within the instance of my family, like I want my family to know all the time by my actions and my words that I love them, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and I support all of that by everything that I do. And it's the same thing when you're, you're on these, on these trips, you want to know that you got that other person's back. Like, I, I often say like when you like packing an elk out, in my opinion, is one of the hardest things you can do. I, I mean, especially if you got to go far. Yeah. And, um, I remember when I packed my first elk out, I was like, we were like three miles in and there was four of us and, but, and we all had heavy loads, but like we did it all on one trip. 
And uh, I remember I had, I had just these little blips of cell phone service and I kept texting my wife. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the hardest thing that I've ever done. She's like, dude, you just ran an ultra like four weeks ago. Like, <laughs> What do you mean? And I, it was like the third one I had run that summer or something like that. And, you know, and then, you know, and, and she's like, it's worse than, you know, this type of workout at the gym or squatting, whatever. And I'm like, it's so much worse. It sucks. You know? It sucks. Yeah. It's so bad. And, uh, you, there's, there's no way to really express that to somebody who's never been initiated to it. But if you're not prepared for, for that, when you get to that moment, mm -hmm. like it's bad, you know, it's just, I hurt in 2016, I hurt my back really bad about three weeks before we were leaving for elk camp. And we, we drawn some really good tags that year in Colorado. Yeah. And, uh, all I could think about, all I could think about was like that I was going to be less than a hundred percent and how that was going to impact the other two guys that I was hunting with, you, you know? And it was just like, man, they might have to carry some of my gear or whatever. Cause I, I, I really messed myself up and I, I did, I hated that feeling. And so maybe those people that you're referring to have never truly like let anybody down you know I, I, and i've i've done it through my life i'm sad to admit that but i've definitely let people down and i, it, I it's a feeling i i honestly hate i hate that feeling yeah it's like it's not that they haven't gone through some sucky situations in their life but like you're saying they haven't gone through that specific one so yeah i, I definitely get that man i do yeah, yeah. man i mean you know if you have somebody who gets sick in your family, you want to, you want to be there to support them in every single way that you can, right? Yeah. You don't want to let them down. It's, it's, it's a, it's a similar thing. It's just different context. You know, mm -hmm. you, 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 you want to be there for the, the people that you've engaged with, you know? So, I mean, yeah. go ahead. It's an investment, man. It's an investment. And as corny as it sounds, you know, uh, rents due every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that saying. I, I absolutely, it's true. And, and then you, you know, you start feeling like guilty for the days that you don't do stuff or you, you know, you underperform, um, by contrast to what you maybe normally will yes, do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, dude, this year, like I've really, I've really taken my fitness a, a lot more seriously this year. Um, probably about as serious as I've been since I was a college athlete, just because, you know, I've gone through some sucky things in life. And this year I decided, man, I'm just going to take it serious in January. Like my goal this year has been to work out five days a week. Now there's been a couple of weeks that I'm not able to do it because I've got work that I might be traveling for. And it's, you know, sometimes it's just not feasible or possible. I mean, obviously it's possible, but sometimes it's just not feasible for myself when I'm on say a work trip, for example. And, you know, you're just exhausted and trying to do a workout is just out of the question for me. And so I, I take it as serious as I can getting that five days a week. And if I don't, I feel like crap because I've just created this, um, this sense about myself to get it done that I just feel like I'm failing myself and others. If, if I don't go and accomplish something that day. Yeah. And then the, again, the guilt that comes along with it makes you feel even worse. Mm -hmm. You know, then you go in the next time to the gym and you're like, Oh, I missed that day. That's, that's going to impact my performance. You yep. know, and it's not going to, especially if you have a good base underneath you. It's you like, know, Oh, that six pack that just started to peek through gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Well, man, I, I, I love all this and what we've been getting to talk about. And so I know we're running short on time, but before we part ways, kind of give the listeners some parting advice that you'd have for them and just this, this whole physical and mental fitness perspective to hunting. Um, I, th I think just, oh, that's a, that's a tough. Did I stump you? Man, that's a tall order, Will. <laughs> yeah a little bit I, mean, I don't ask easy questions so here personal I, you know I, yeah i guess not um we go just, deep it's man so personal like everybody's we go yeah. we go deep this I, I isn't think, surface level yeah yeah I, I think you just gotta like 
you got to find what works for you. I think a lot of people in this process of inspiration, they, you know, back to what you were saying about travel, um, they'll, they'll compare themselves to other people. One of my favorite sayings from Theodore Roosevelt is comparison is the thief of joy. And like, don't, you know, don't let whatever you're doing or not doing, maybe, you know, rob you of your accomplishments, whether it's in the future or in the past, just keep working hard toward your goals and don't be too hard on yourself. Like, you, you know, like if let's say you had planned on doing a five mile run today and then, you know, some, some work stuff or whatever started to interfere, do your best to try and still accommodate a five mile run, but don't sabotage yourself and do zero because you're like, Oh, I missed it. And I did, you know, I didn't, I didn't get the five mile run in. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do zero, like do three, do two, do one. If you have it, if you, if you don't have a chance to, to do a full one hour at the gym or 40 minutes or whatever your normal regimen is like, <clears throat> you know, find a way before you take a shower to do, you know, 50 push-ups and 50 air squats and whatever, just, just do a little something. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you, if you don't have time to do a full shooting session, like just shoot two arrows, shoot three, just, you know, get, get a little something in and know that you got it accomplished and feel good about that and know that, you know, I got to make up for that. I still got to pay that rent when I'm going to, I'm going to do it a little later this week. Maybe you got to do two workouts in a day because your morning got crushed because, you know, your kid was sick, like your, your kid is today, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. And, um, just, just kind of continue to be accountable to yourself and, but don't beat yourself up in the process. I see so many people that will like self-sabotage because they felt like they, they failed themselves. And it's like, hold on a sec, just take a deep breath. You know, there's always an opportunity to reboot. Don't wig out about it. Yeah. So yeah. keep, keep on the path, even if there's a little bit of a detour. Well, man, I love all this. I think there's going to be some folks out there and I hope that there's some folks out there that if they're going through some struggles or, you know, they're looking to improve on this aspect of their life that hopefully they'll be able to take some tidbits and golden nuggets from this and, and make a change and start, uh, start the incline and positive positivity going on. So man, appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us today. Thanks for taking the time and just talking and rambling with me, man. Yeah, man. Right on. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad to have done it. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. There you go. An end to a hunt stand podcast episode. We just want to thank Tim for coming on to today's episode to talk about mental fortitude, mental strength, physical strength, how he pushes through things and just how he handles things in life and just covering all these aspects that are overlooked. Just want to thank him again. And to all of y'all out there that tuned in today's podcast and the ones prior, thank you again for tuning in on Sand Podcast. We appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next one. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.